From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Natera is a global leader in cell-free DNA testing dedicated to oncology and women's health. At Natera, we strive to transform the management of cancer with personalized monitoring of circulating tumor DNA. Learn more at natera.com. The goal of treating early breast cancer is to remove the cancer and keep it from coming back. When breast cancer returns after treatment, this is called a breast cancer recurrence. Most people diagnosed with breast cancer will never have a recurrence. However, everyone who's had breast cancer is at risk of recurrence, though that risk varies greatly from person to person. Your healthcare provider cannot tell whether or not you might have a recurrence, but they can give you some information about your risk. Joining us today to talk about breast cancer recurrence and the tools available for surveillance monitoring post-treatment is medical oncologist Angel Rodriguez. Dr. Rodriguez is also a Komen for the Cure Multidisciplinary Fellowship Grant recipient. Dr. Rodriguez, welcome to the show. Hi, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. Um, happy to be here. Yeah, well, I'm glad to talk about this. You know, I think I feel like recurrence is something that's always at the back of every every person I interview, it's at the back of their minds. And I, and, and I feel like getting shedding more light on this is really important. Um, so so like it's, it's such an important topic people don't want to talk about because they're eager and relieved to move on and be in sort of post-treatment mode and not think about the what-ifs. So, But I know it's, it's really important to arm women with this information. So first, what percentage of women have a breast cancer recurrence? Yeah. No, that's a great comment. Um, yeah, I think when one's diagnosed with with with, with cancer uh, in general, um, their their life, uh, you know, can can sometimes revolve around you know this particular problem, and uh, it's, it's certainly very important to compartmentalize one's life when thinking about you know this this disease. Um, and and in breast cancer, well, the the, the good news is that. Recurrences have improved significantly over time, and if we were to put sort of a a, a sort of average number on all uh, breast cancers, you know, we we typically see about maybe ten to to fifteen percent of, of of patients having recurrences, but but it's obviously super important to to keep in mind that um, this this largely depends on the type of breast cancer that one is diagnosed with, uh, as well as the stage and, and multiple other factors, but but uh, again, going back to the point of of the reduction in the risk of recurrence, you know, breast cancer uh, death rates have been steadily decreasing since uh, 1989, where you know the risk of dying of breast cancer has dropped uh, by 43 um, percent between 1989 and 2020. So uh, although we've done significantly better, you know, there's certainly rooms to improve. So I just want to make sure I heard you. You said breast cancer recurrence typically happens 10 to 15% of the time. Is that right? Yeah, again, roughly depends on the type of yeah. uh, type of disease, right? The okay. lower risk uh, cancers, uh, it, it'll be less than 5% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the higher risk cancers, it can be, it can be higher. Okay, so, so that's actually lower than I would have anticipated having 
having been in this community and hosted this show for years, I had I did not realize it was that low. So that's that's encouraging. Um, so so how often can a survivor expect to see their doctor after they're done with the breast cancer treatment? And like, what type of surveillance can they expect from an imaging standpoint? It, it can also uh, depend on the type of breast cancer that one is diagnosed with because they may be treated with, with, with different therapies. One of the most important um, reasons at the, uh, at the onset after completing curative intent treatment one of the most important reasons to go back to the doctor is to uh, assess uh, first, you know, some of the, well, residual side effects of, of the treatments that they may have experienced and that may still linger. Uh, but also, more importantly, for the patients who need to continue uh, to be on treatment, whether it be oral medications or uh, sometimes um, intravenous uh, treatments, it is to ensure that the patients are or are tolerating uh, the medications as, as well as uh, as well as they can, because there are a lot of sort of tricks and a lot of uh, opportunities that one can take advantage to try and mitigate and reduce uh, side effects that may happen. Uh, and and really, these recurrence rates are you know as low as they are now, you know, because of these treatments that exist. So. Um, in the event that that patients sometimes are, you know, not tolerating them, that, that they may stop taking treatment, and so that risk can then can then go up. But uh, in regards to to monitoring for recurrence, right? How do we know if if a patient has recurrence? Let's say you know the patient's cruising along and may have completed their their curative intent treatment. Uh, in general, every three to six months um, is how patients are are seen uh, in the clinic initially every three and then as time goes by you know those space out those visits um, and and in the clinic it's again largely to see that the patients are feeling well and that nothing is lingering from from previous treatment and also if, if, if no new concerns or symptoms have arisen hmm. and I know like when they're being monitored, Obviously, there's some imaging done as part of that process. Are there any other types of assessments that are done to monitor for recurrence? Yeah. Um, so obviously, yeah, the, the, the most important one really is, is, is symptoms. And, you know, the, the, the problem when we monitor with symptoms is that they can be sometimes so vague, right? They can be very nonspecific. Who, who in their life doesn't eventually develop some, you know, joint pain or, 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 or bone pain here and there? Uh, a headache, for example, or, um, or, or just even, even lungs, right? Uh, and just because you develop some of these symptoms, it doesn't mean that, that it actually, uh, is, uh, a cancer, but, but, but it can be. So we monitor for those. We also, um, occasionally, um, you know, depending on what treatment patients on, they may be on, on blood work, uh, to monitor side effects of the medications that we sometimes inadvertently find. Um, abnormal results that could be suspicious signs for recurrence, such as liver function tests. And there are some tests that exist out there. Um, we call them uh, tumor markers. Uh, and these tumor markers are, are blood tests that have existed mm. for quite a while. And these blood tests, well, they, they can be elevated and detected in mm. the blood. Um, in patients who have recurrence, but no symptoms. 
Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, sometimes those tests can also be elevated uh, and detected in patients that do not have recurrence of cancer. So they can create sometimes more problems than they can, they can solve. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, recurrences can happen when some of these older blood tests, uh, tumor markers, do not show their presence in the blood. Mm, right, right, right. Okay, so so you mentioned earlier that, you know, everyone's risk of recurrence is different. It depends on, you know, perhaps the type of cancer, the degree of the cancer. Um, so, so can you kind of walk through what are those factors like stage of cancer that might influence a person's risk of recurrence? Yeah, and this is, uh, Adam, this is very important, right? Because, you know, we have to kind of understand what might our problem be, right? What might our recurrence or recurrence, uh, risk or recurrence is so that we can then, you know, determine, you know, how, how concerned, you know, might we be of a possible recurrence? And so, um, you know, simply stated, right? Uh, a tumor that is very small, the size of a grain of rice, which can sometimes be that small. Um, and when the, the tumor has not spread anywhere, not even to, to nearby lymph nodes. And, and sometimes, you know, when it's, you can look under the microscope and you can assess, you know, how a cancer might behave based on the, their, we call it grade, right? How it looks under the microscope. Um, you know, those might point towards, you know, uh, towards a low risk of recurrence. The, 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 again, the smaller and whether it's not in lymph nodes, um, the subtype of the cancer can also be very important. Mm. Um, there are cancers that can be small, but the risk of recurrence may not be as low as other subtypes of cancer. So for example, we, when we hear about triple negative breast cancer and a HER2 positive breast cancer compared to, um, let's say, a hormone receptor positive uh, breast cancer, those risk of recurrence are generally uh, higher uh, than than the the subtype that's driven by by hormones. Mm. Um, so those are some of the 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 uh, considerations. Mm. Okay, so, so tell me a little bit about timing. You know, like like at what point. Is the risk of recurrence, you know, at its lowest? Um, at what point is it typically higher? You know, kind of walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, and and that also is, you know, not all cancers behave the same. Right. You know, you can have some cancers that, you know, their 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 biology is well. We we use the word aggressive, right? And that's that's that that they, you know, tend to grow uh, a bit faster than others. Um, and so those types of cancers that have that type of biology, uh, well, they tend to relapse sooner than other tumor types that have slower growing cancers, right? You know, and especially in breast cancer, there's this, um, you know, this biological aspect that we call uh, dormancy, where, you know, cells can escape where it started and find a nest in a different part of the body and most commonly the bone, for example. And then it can, it can lay there dormant for many years and, and even decades. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, as long as it doesn't wake up and, and, and comes recurring cause problems, it's, um, you know, mm. it's not a problem, right? If it never comes back, but sometimes they do wake up and sometimes they do, uh, start growing again and they recur. 
Mm. Um, and so these recurrences can happen again, as I mentioned, as late as decades later. But but for diseases like, for example, triple negative breast cancer, um, that generally doesn't happen. Those are the types of cancers where the recurrences, most of them, most of them happen early on, like in the first two to three years. So there's, you know, when I talk to patients with triple negative breast cancer, you know, the the the, the positive side of things is that although the risk of recurrence is is higher early on, you know, when they reach that that three four year mark, the risk of recurrence now becomes very low, um, uh, compared to the most common type of breast cancer, the hormone receptor positive, where it's interesting that it's almost like a linear risk of recurrence and it's kind of steady throughout after diagnosis. And it can be as little as, you know, less than half a percent or to 1% per year, but it can be up to five to 6% per year, right? Mm, you know, right. Per, per year. So, um, and that can get go on up to decades later. Hmm. So, so I've heard guests on the show use the term scanxiety. Um, so, you know, it's a real thing. Uh, they're anxious about getting their scan. Do you have any advice for listeners for how they can help manage their feelings of anxiety as they, you know, approach their next scan? Yeah. And I have to admit, obviously easier said than done, right? Mm, well, yeah. you know, uh, coping with scanxiety, I, I have to admit, you know, I, I haven't been diagnosed with cancer and I don't have to go through these processes. So, you know, however, yes, I've, I've treated many patients um, in the scenario where the, the truth is, on the one hand, when we do scans, you got to admit we're, we're looking for trouble, right? We're, we're looking for a recurrence. And so that's one way to look at it. And that's what that's what causes the anxiety, the fact that we're looking for that trouble, for that recurrence. But on another note, you know, what we're also doing is uncovering biology, which we, we, there's things that we can control and things that we cannot control. And so if a recurrence is to happen, you know, it's not because the scan did it. It's not because the scan caused the recurrence. So in a way, you know, this, this, this anxiety can be also, you know, mitigated by the fact that I'm doing a good thing for me, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if, if a recurrence is going to happen, I want to find it so that I can plan ahead and, you know, learn my options, learn about my options and, and proceed um, accordingly. And I think in these days, you know, we can be very fortunate to have many options, right? Mm -hmm. And by options, I mean, you know, sure, consideration of what today's current standard of care treatments are for treating a recurrence. Um, uh, consideration for recurrences that can sometimes be um be cured again uh mm. or be uh i don't want to use that word lightly actually but um we can be rendered no evidence of disease again if it's a mm. local recurrence if it's a um uh if it's an isolated recurrence but but more importantly you know in terms of planning ahead and and and, and having a scan find something it's also about consideration of clinical trial options mm -hmm. right you know yeah. as i mentioned the, the the recurrence rates are not where we want them to be yet um, and we can always get better and we can only improve upon that through clinical trial enrollment right and i think being aware of that and having the time to ponder the options of 
do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? You know, for a conservation control, I think it's an added value of, you know, detecting recurrence early. Mm, yeah, that's great. It's great advice. So, uh, so what are some signs and symptoms to be looking for? And at what point should someone see a doctor if they're concerned about the possibility of recurrence? Yeah, so many of the signs and symptoms that can be associated with a cancer recurrence can be very nonspecific, uh, meaning that um, just because you have that sign or that, that symptom, it doesn't necessarily mean that a cancer has recurred. And, and a, a symptom like a cough, a shortness of breath, a fatigue, a, a pain uh, anywhere in the body, a bone pain, a joint pain, um, a, a lump, Many of these things, again, we, you know, patients who don't have cancer can can experience some of these. But but when it happens in a patient with with cancer, it, it raises the the concern, you know, and mm. and and it certainly warrants a call to to the oncologist to ensure that um, that it isn't uh, a cancer. And so when we mm. when we develop when we develop these symptoms and we develop a plan, you know, to assess these symptoms. It's done in conjunction with your doctor, right? We're not, we're not going to do a scan every time, you know, we, we have a cough episode. We're not going to, uh, do a brain MRI every time we have a headache. Uh, but we, we evaluate the pattern a bit in more detail. At the end of the day, it's, it's, it figure out, shall we go ahead and do a scan to find recurrence or shall we wait a little longer? So, uh, so Dr. Rodriguez in the intro, for this episode, I read a term that I am not familiar with at all. So, so forgive my ignorance. Um, but, but in the intro, it said, uh, you transform the management of cancer with personalized monitoring of circulating tumor DNA. Uh, what is that exactly? Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks, Adam, for the question. So um, circulating tumor DNA is a technology that uh, allows for a blood sample to be uh, examined and evaluated for the presence of of cancer in the body uh and it does it at the molecular level meaning um you know we we talked about uh, how imaging and and scans are used today to determine if a cancer has recurred and there are limitations to uh, imaging when used to evaluate for cancer recurrence. One of them is that when you see an image on a, or when you see a suspicious finding within a scan, number one, it, it's not always a recurrence, right? And, and we have to, we have to use our, our judgment and expertise to determine what the likelihood is that that finding might be a recurrence. And sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not. Even, even healthy individuals can have, for example, uh, small nodules in the lung that are not related to recurrence, but related to maybe past infection. But when a patient has a history of cancer, it raises suspicions for recurrence. So therefore, uh, it's, it, it can be sometimes be non-specific. Uh, and, and studies have been done in the past, uh, in breast cancer that when you do scans to, uh, periodically to detect recurrence doesn't affect the outcomes of patients when we do surveillance with scans or, or tumor markers for that matter. And, and largely because these are very non-specific, 
uh, tests that um, can can sometimes lead to um, to wrong results. And so, the, uh, circulating tumor DNA is evaluates the presence of disease, uh, as I mentioned at the molecular level, um, and with this test called Signatera, which is the test that that our, our company Natera offers, is a test that number one. Uh, the tumor of the, each patient is examined and the, the genomics, the, the DNA of the tumor is examined and compared to each patient's, uh, DNA so that we can evaluate and determine what are the unique, unique DNA changes mm-hmm. that, uh, are present within the patient's cancer that then allows us to adopt a technology where we can then, uh, sample the patient's blood to to detect that the presence of that patient's cancer in the blood in a much more specific way mm-hmm. than our previous tests um, have done before. And so the presence of circulating tumor DNA may be informative in making decisions in some cases when um, treat, uh, treatment to re- to reduce the risk of recurrence is being considered, mm-hmm. but the recur- but the risk of recurrence that again we've also we've also talked about is sometimes um, uh, indeterminate or 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 questionable whether the risk of recurrence is high enough to warrant intensive therapies. But knowing that if there is presence of disease in the blood may then in- be able to inform that type of decision now. It's important to note that this test um, it, technology isn't perfect to determine um, which which patients uh, have disease because there's also biological factors that that play into it, and so a, a negative test result should be interpreted with caution, and 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 treatment um, should not be avoided solely because the blood test did not find a disease in the blood. So. Uh, regardless, this is a test that should be uh, discussed with a with with oncologist if uh, if if a patient's interested in in knowing. Mm, okay, that's uh, that, that, I appreciate you sharing that. That's a fascinating uh, piece of technology there. So, um, all right. So uh, there are people listening right now that have just finished treatment. I, I wonder if you have any final advice that you'd like to give them as they're learning to adjust to their new normal. Yeah, absolutely. Again, as I mentioned at the beginning of, of the podcast, um, you know, cancer can definitely change one's life. And, you know, one should be aware that that change in life, you know, can be for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all seek, you know, to be happier and to be, you know, at peace, um, you know, with where we are in life. And, and, and having a diagnosis of cancer, you know, can, can challenge that. And so one of the most important sort of things that I, that I discuss with, with, with patients is, you know, compartmentalize your life, right? And, and by that, I mean, you know, yes, you know, the diagnosis of cancer is real and the risk of recurrence is real. And, and if you compartmentalize, you know, how you address that, whether it be within the doctor's office, right? You, 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 that's all you're going to talk about. And then when you step out of the office, you know, maybe, you know, at home, 
we also want to, you know, sometimes think about this, but, but compartmentalize it, right? Right mm -hmm. now I want to sit down, maybe talk to my loved ones, talk to, 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 to somebody about maybe a, a, a peer, you know, who's also been diagnosed. You address some of your concerns and anxiety, you know, in, in that way, but, but that's, you know, having a cancer diagnosis doesn't define who you are or what you are. It, it it's just a part of, of, of what, you know, has happened in your life, uh, but there's still life to live. Right. And I think that it's very important, you know, to continue, um, you know, to seek, you know, being happier and, and, and doing the things that one enjoys in life. Mm, and nice. number one, I, and I think, you know, you know, being keen and knowing that you've done everything you could that's been, um, that's been proven, you know, in 2023 to prevent that recurrence should also allow you to, um, you know, live in, live in peace, right? With mm, the fact that yeah. you've done everything you could. But, but again, also knowing that, you know, recurrences can happen and that, um, there are, uh, trials out there, clinical studies out there that are trying to further reduce the risk of recurrence, yeah. um, is, is a part of leaving no stones unturned in terms of everything that you could do. And mm -hmm. so seeking some of these studies that are, that are, that are evaluating, you know, uh, whether finding molecular recurrence, right? Circulating tumor DNA in the blood and treating that before that turns into a clinical recurrence or a recurrence um, is an option for patients these days. And so talk right. to your doctor about possibly right. participating in some of those studies. Hmm. That's great advice. That's great advice. Well, Dr. Rodriguez, uh, such a good thing to have you on the show today. Really appreciate your time today and really appreciate the work that you're doing uh, for this community. Thank you. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you for having me. Natera is a global leader in cell-free DNA testing dedicated to oncology and women's health. At Natera, we strive to transform the management of cancer with personalized monitoring of circulating tumor DNA. Learn more at natera.com. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.